Didi Talks. This episode, I had a chat with Unified Champion of the World, Anthony Joshua. <laughs> oh, let's do let's do some serious work. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're quite a light guy as well. You know, I was just working before I came here, and I was like, oh, I'm going to do a podcast now with Troy. I'm like, yeah, I'm a gooner, but Troy's all right. Yeah, I like Troy. He's all right. Yeah, like, he keeps it real. I was like, he keeps it real. I'm, I'm trying, mate. I'm trying. Do you know what it is as well, though? Um, and Joe, you know we'll just, we'll just dive straight into it. Chris could do the editing afterwards. But do you know what it is with this? For me, it's, um, I think in a, in a generation where everything's all about social media, polished up PR perceptions. <laughs> I think it just kind of, I think you just kind of stand out when you're true to who you are. I think that's why you're so loved as well, because you're the guy next door. Do you get what I mean? Like, we all know our AJ. Yeah, but it's hard. I feel like people think that I'm, like, media trained or something at the same time. So how, how is that balance? As you said, there's AJ the guy next door. There's AJ that is the guy at your front door, <laughs> kicking off your front door. <laughs> and then there's the guy that people think media trained. But look, you know what it is? I'm about adapting. Mm. to the certain environment I'm in. And I think that that's important. So for me, it's never about being the smartest. I've never been the smartest, probably never been the quickest or the slickest, but it's just about adapting for me in the environment I'm in. Yeah, but but you say that though, what I think you said people go media train is, I think money becomes a, a focus for other people. So for example, they will go as congratulations, as I said to you personally, but you're on Forbes list and you're doing this, they go, ah, oh, that was all he made this year. He must have that. He's, you become detached just by the financial element. Do you get okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. By, by, even, even if, even if you don't make Forbes list and you drive a Range Rover where we're mm-hmm. from, mm-hmm. we're already attached because we don't really see Range Rovers or stuff like that in, in our local areas. So hundred percent. But that's why I make it an effort to stay connected because mm-hmm. these kids and these people only they only achieve what they can see. So rather than you know detaching myself, I definitely try to stay connected and say, "Listen, I'm just like you. You're just like me. There's no media training. I'm still training at Finchley Boxing Club. You've been down there, and uh, I think that's important as well for me. Because as you said, in this day and age where everything's so polished, there's some real shit going mm-hmm. on behind." Scenes. There's some real stuff that goes on behind the scenes that ain't all polished. It's tough. It's gritty. It's like people come around us and think that, yeah, life must be good. Let me go link up with them, man. But when they come around, they think, bloody hell, these are just work all day. Like They don't go out. It's, mm-hmm. And that's the reality of what, what this hustle is about right now. So you just said that uh, you touched on Finchley. That was going to be one of my leading questions. So what, what made you feel that you wanted to give back to Finchley? I know the trainers because that that... That message is evident. They helped you. You always want to give back. But what made you go to this community? That's what I want to do. Oh, what? To, to, okay. You know, because so, uh, you to people that don't know, you you give money obviously to grassroots boxing, didn't you? When it was a when they were looking for help through for the government, which it never came. Yeah, yeah. So the stuff like that, um, just building up the gym. Do you know what it is? I've come from there, and it's that same saying. What I always stand by is. My financial contribution is important. However, when they can touch me, they can see me, they can talk to me, 
that is, I think that is so much more valuable than finances at certain times as well. So I also make sure I spend time with these kids as well, which is so important for for the building of their morale and inspiration. So yeah, that's why Finch is important. That's why I always give back. And I always say this to myself as well. Like no matter where we go in life, um, on your way up, you're you're probably going to meet these same people on your way down. Mm-hmm. And that might not be in like financial status because we want to hold on to what we get. We all work hard to hold on to every last penny. So put that aside. But just when you're not the top dog anymore, mm-hmm. naturally, someone comes and takes your position and you slowly fall off. So for me, I don't want to now come back to the gym when I'm done with boxing and it's like, People are looking at me like, bro, like you ain't really welcome here. Like when you was doing your thing, you never showed love. Mm-hmm. Like we don't really need you no more. So I always make sure that I stay connected with these people because as much as they wanna they want me around, call AJ, where is he? Call AJ is as much as I wanna be around them. I love being around my people and uh, it's a great relationship that way. Yeah, but I hear I hear all of that and and you're spot on. But what I'm saying is you didn't have to, because cause Derek's from there, right? Chisora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he will do things in the background, but what I'm saying is, you've done some on such a huge scale. When in the time and need for everybody else in COVID, you could it could have been very easy for you to go. Do you know what? You know, everyone's been affected financially. Businesses, I've got employees and family well, to look after. I've been affected, yeah. That, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It would have been so easy for you to do that, yeah. But you didn't. So what? What made you go? This is the right thing to do. Yeah, it's a great question. What made me do that? Um, what made me made me realize this? Is, it's a natural thing. It's a na- if you are who you are, right? And this is where the media side goes because I could have been like, my management called me and told me to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine I would have. <laughs> and that's not the first thing that come out of my mouth. This is an honest conversation. So the first thing that comes to my head was, it's just who I am. Mm-hmm. There's no real like plan to it. I could see that there was a little bit of conversation around like hockey got this or swimming got that. And then I'm looking like me and Tyson Fury, the two heavyweight champions of the world, one from Manchester, one from Watford, um, both like from England. And this is going to inspire a generation. 100% it should inspire a generation once we get this fight underway. And there's not a penny that's going into building this sport. And I was just like, wow. So, um, we do so much things, but I thought like, I partner with so many like major businesses to help. But I thought from my own pocket, right now, let me do something as well because it will make a big help, and it does. It, it it helps a lot of people, in my opinion. So I, I I posed this question to Eddie when when I chatted with him. What why is it perceived that boxing is a bad thing? Because I know you know the discipline, the 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 self confidence you get from boxing. Why is it not in schools? in your opinion? Because I can understand why it's not in schools. It's, it's the ego side of it. It's, mm. you know, you know, in school, you, know, you don't want to be the kid get ego and now walking around like he can, he might be able to use that type of confrontation on the teacher, for example. You want to, it's just mm. about separating things, I would say. Mm. You know, football's great for school, rugby's good for school. Yeah, maybe what they... Maybe, I'm just trying to think how they would do it in a way. Body sparring. Amateurs? Head, head guards on? That's what I'm thinking, but body sparring would be good. Mm. But, and it, do you know what it is? This is, this is what I was going to say. Sorry, Trey, quickly. Yeah, this is what I was going to say. Is 
the best way to implement it in schools. And people ask me, would I let my son box? And I would say, yeah, I would, but I'm going to teach him about what it means. And this is what they should teach in schools is, it's about the realities of life. Mm-hmm. That you're not always going to be number one, but you can track your progression. You can lose today, you can lose tomorrow, and you can lose the next day, but you might get the upper hand if you don't give up. And that's what like sports and boxing is about. It's going to be tough, but you have to do things that you hate, like you love it if you want to get better. So that's what I'll teach my boy when, when he comes to me and says, I want to box. I'm going to say, don't compete with me, the kids in school. Don't compete with the other sparring partner. Mm-hmm. It's about what you're learning for yourself. Did you learn from today? Did you want to give up? But did you keep on going? This is what they should put into, into, into schools if they're going to box. Is what boxing means. Because boxing, mm-hmm. just on the face of it, is like, he's got muscles, he's big and strong. He's a he's a fighter, but there's so much more mental psyche to what boxing is, and that's what they should teach kids in in school about. Yeah, I just think because obviously you've got the the institute obviously where you work, and we produce so many boxers that go to the Olympics and get obviously medals and get funding through that. That yeah. it would be just a natural progression when you, as you said, hockey, rugby, football, all get state funding. Yeah. So it just seems like crazy to me that boxing doesn't even come into that. Um, that hemisphere, especially now, Musson's about to turn twelve. He's boxing. He's Jeez. in the gym. He's that, but that's of his old choice. Like that, I want yeah, to learn to defend yeah. myself. Yeah, right. yeah, I love that. I love that. Mm, I love but that's that. what I'm saying. But I, you know what? I always gas you up because I'm your number one cheerleader. But you have like you have such an impact on the younger kids. Like my son goes, "Oh, Dad, I want to be like Josh." And and like, literally what you said, like you know what? If you could be like Josh. As your dad, I'm sitting behind you. Go, go on then, give me time. <laughs> go on, go do what you want to do. But also, try and build your own path within that. Yes, bro. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? And and that that kind of leads onto a little question. I know you don't really talk about your son, and I, I won't go into that. But how are you as a dad? Are you strict? Are you fluid? Are you balanced? What would you say you are? Exactly what you said. I'm very fluid. Yeah. Because I feel like in my job, I'm right. I'm regimented. Like my whole life. And to a certain degree, there's times when I felt suppressed, like I'm not, I'm not able to express my own creativity. And I'm born with a level of intelligence. It may not be book smart, it may not be whatever, but I have my own intelligence. And before a book was ever written, man conquered the world with common sense. So with my son, I try and make him use his creativity. Whatever he wants to do, I'll always be there to catch him if he falls. I'm never going to kind of force him into anything. Um, he's not a trophy kid. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's, mm-hmm. This is what you have to do. He'll figure it out. And if he doesn't figure it out, he's got great people around him to go to and get advice. And that's why I'm very fluent because I'll always be there. Yeah, as, as, as I say, as I spoke with Alton, he said he enjoyed lockdown because we, we touched on COVID and I'll do the same with you. He actually said like COVID was a blessing for him because in 40 odd years, he's never had a chance to slow down. It's always been touring, 40, do years. 40 years. Yeah, because he's, he's between here and LA and he's, he's always doing a show, he's always touring, he's always doing something. And he said what COVID did was make him slow down and appreciate how much time he's had with his kids. Was there something like that with you? 100% and it's weird because I never want to be like, COVID was a blessing because mm. you know, for like 99% of people, it's been so, so 
life changing, so tough for people. But if we want to take away, yeah, if we just want to talk about like what positive we got out of this negative, it was exactly what Elton said is, um, I feel like I was going to crash. Like there were certain times when I was going to training camp thinking, I don't even, I don't even know if I can come out the other side of this training camp. I'm not ill, I'm run down. You know how it is. We're spending a lot of time promoting boxing and it's just really hard. I don't know how to explain it, but what, what, what I got myself into is not for the faint hearted, mm-hmm. you know, it's not for the faint hearted. So um, I put a lot of time and effort into this craft in and out of the ring. And during COVID, it definitely helped me um, reflect, even with friends as well. I took so I stepped back. Mm-hmm. I stepped back from a lot of things and it's really helped me mature as a person. And uh, not only with my son and my family, but even myself, bro, because in my career here, things have happened so quick. Even mm-hmm. having having my son, it was like quick. I'm having my son, boom, he's here. I'm going to fight next for the championship. And I was like, everything's been like that. Mm-hmm. So through the whole pandemic, it was like, breathe, take a second. And I just looked around the, I looked around the playing field and it's just now aligning things back up again, really. Yeah, so because obviously, as you said, you spoke earlier about common sense. I'm a huge believer in that. I, I didn't finish school the same same way, no grades, no nothing, but I've somehow managed to to navigate a minefield of business. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that I'm happy with that I would class as success. Because yeah. I think, as you said earlier, everybody has a level of success that we're all we're all happy with. Where's where's success for Anthony Joshua? You know, I always ask myself this, yeah. And success for me, obviously, <clears throat> there's a there's a material side. Mm-hmm. I want X, X, X. Everyone has that. But I'm not going to touch on that. I'm going to touch on, I swear to you, it was something so small. Like, I need to sleep better because the worst thing for me, I used to wake up. Um, I used to wake up in the morning. And I, and imagine when you wake up in the morning, the, the, the first thing you're thinking of is, I can't wait to get back in bed. And mm-hmm. I'm going to work with people who are, Hey, Anthony, how are you? Great to see you. And I'm thinking, mate, I'm finished. Like, I ain't got this <laughs> energy. Because I'm, they don't know that I've worked late, I've trained, or... Yeah, it's just, it was difficult. So for me, success is doing the small things. The small mm-hmm. things, like sleeping good, waking up, full of energy, ready to conquer the day. For me, I swear to you, that is success. Um, mm-hmm. And I've actually, I've actually done that during this pandemic. It's been a blessing in a way. And now the next stage of my, um, my list of successful things is, uh, I would say, is um, taking, taking a step back and staying in that position, not being so front and centre with a lot of things. Okay. Can you expand on that? So like with um, a lot of things that used to be evolved around me, mm-hmm. let me step back from certain things and let certain people organise things and, I'll join in and I'll put my input in where and when it's needed, but don't involve it around me or, yeah. So I'm just sitting back now and um, watching the time go. And when I'm needed, I'll come in and put my input. So you're being a boss. That's what you're doing. Yeah. You're, ste- you're stepping back, in- enabling people to fulfill their potential. I know Freddie's great at his job. 
Andy's not so good. Andy's not so good. Retweet. No, this isn't even with work. This is this is personal life. No, yeah, yeah, I understand that, but it's it's going to lead into. It's the same thing. It's it's one on its own because you're a brand, and you know what? With social media, everyone thinks they're a brand. If if they bought a T-shirt from H&M, you know, it's paid for by H&M. It's like, come on, relax, just do your thing. But a brand, I think, is what do you represent? And you have your your family, your friends, colleagues mm-hmm. all work around you, but they all represent the same three things that you do. So people around me have to be trustworthy, have to be straight talking, straight talking. and have to work hard. Like that's my three. So anyone around me is that. Do you yeah. get what I mean? Because they're a representation of Troy and his brand. Yeah. So even if you don't see Troy around and you see, you know, Disc, you know, my friend, the big boy, you see him, you know that's me because yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're one in the same. And that's ultimately what you're saying. Yeah. How yeah. I take it. Yeah, 100%. Like, step back. And if I come forward, it's got to be for good energy. I think trustworthy with me, I'm a bit, I'm a bit more lax on the trust thing because I've got, I got so many people around me. Mm-hmm. Like, as I said, I'm still in my amateur gym. I'm still in Watford. I'm in London. Um, I've got friends from a lot of different places. And it's hard for me to be around. I can't trust everyone I'm around 100%. Mm-hmm. Some people I've only met like two weeks ago. And you know what I mean? It's hard. But, but, but the, um, but sorry to cut you, but the people around you. Oh, 100%. Like your cousin, for example. That's what I'm saying. The people that are with you day to day, it doesn't matter if you go from here or you go to Mexico your people are going to be around you and they will survey the energy as much as you and go, I don't really think my man should be too close to you or I don't really think you should do business with that because... But I only trust myself 100%. I don't trust everyone 100%. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Not in a bad way. No, no, no. I'm just like, is that that because ultimately you won't let yourself down? Because everyone has their own interests before mine, Mm -hmm. ultimately, in it? So... Mm -hmm. Come to that one last percent. I'm gonna put it in my favor, and I'll just, and I'm sure another person yeah. would do the same for them. And that's why I've learned not. I don't trust anyone 100 percent because um, if it came to it, everyone will put the the options in their favor, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I just don't want to put my full trust into people. And that way, and that way, I've learned it doesn't it doesn't let me down when they let me down either. I don't take it personally because I've never expected any different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I to- totally get where you come from. I think that's, that's it's safeguarding ultimately. But then I, I expect people to treat me like that as well. But people put one hundred percent trust in me sometimes, mm. <laughs> and I'm like, nah, trust me, do not, <laughs> do not trust me, like, because <laughs> I'm not, I'm gonna let you down. It's nah, just like, I you. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I'm gonna let you down. So I'm giving you, a, I'm giving you a heads up. Give me a minute. I'm, I'm not perfect. At least I'm honest mm-hmm. with who I am. Yeah, that's true. That, sorry, I'm just taking in what you said. I thought that was, that was dope. Um, so you've obviously got 258, which is everywhere now. It's not just somewhere, it's everywhere. And I know... I, I know like, how. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? I'm, I'm so yeah. proud and I, and I sit back and I watch and I try and take little things of what you're doing. The question I'm going to ask is, what's the end goal for that? Right now, if I'm honest with you, that will be a question for people that are in the company day to day. You know, the company was formed some years ago. Me and Freddie Cunningham, you know, we both, he left his agency. I had left the agency he was with. 
and we decided to be independent and we and we grew the business from there and i have my input we have great advisors where does the company go what's the end goal okay the end goal is to make sure that number one when i retire there's a natural transition where i can go on to support other athletes and give them phenomenal advice hopefully i would have made great decisions so a lot of the business advice i give them isn't for my own benefit it's not like mm. listen i need troy to sign with me because i got this bill coming at the end of the month listen troy if you want to work with us this is what we do mm-hmm. and even if you want to get advice on a company you think's better we will give you that advice because we're comfortable with who we are it's that type of thing and then so it's being able to make a natural transition where i can advise athletes and sports stars entertainment people in business and then after that is to make sure that when we're not here anymore the business can thrive long after we're not here so there's a a system and structures in place to make sure that as the company grows we don't become so big that it implodes mhm there's structures in place that are supporting the growth of this business so do you see probably a little bit off key but do you see a, a rock nation style where you could ultimately have a lot of athletes no just just get but i think we will be will be better than rock nation i think we can offer some other things that rock nation can't there's no disrespect to rock nation but i do believe we're very we're very good in what we do so we're we're in our own lane we're in our mm-hmm. own lane i just say rock nation because of the the amount of clientele they have and what they're mm. trying to do just just a natural comparison for that i know you're always going to try and do cuz he's like there. music he's done music music's you know music in america america so much bigger um the entertainment with music everyone wants to be a musician and then with sports we'll slowly conquer the boxing market and i feel like once we showcase boxing we can showcase talent we can handle you to make you a household name mm-hmm. and we could also handle football tennis cycling golf snooker fishing gymnastics whatever you call it we can build a person which obviously builds a sport which generates more income for everyone so that's what we're really really good at doing so even though we're not in music so rock nation folks on music first they conquered that market and then they made a division for sport we're going to conquer our market and then go out to other divisions so i believe but what we're doing we're building solid foundation so by the time rap rock nation's level we should be better and stronger god willing that's dope so does it when you say that you're obviously looking for talent like a Lawrence Akoli obviously you just got on to become world champion are you now looking for root level like you want to be in at the early stages or are you trying to take people on and develop that from completely honest this is another question for the people that are in house because they deal with more of the day to day stuff mm-hmm. and it's a great team that i have where as i said i can step back where a lot of time i would have put a lot of energy into it but for me if you were to ask me and that from put my manager hat on me personally You have to look at each individual manager in the company. Mm-hmm. One manager might want to build grassroots talent. One manager might want to deal with established talent. Um and that way you don't get any crosswires. People are actually doing what they're supposed to be doing. So for me, I would like to deal with established talent. Um mm-hmm. footballers, especially that's what I'd bring to 258 is uh, footballers because I feel like it's a great market. So much is changing now in football as well with the Super League and all that. <laughs> I I would just love to be involved in the football market. Well, stay out of it because that's my market. Um <laughs> <laughs> you can share, you can share. It's a little 25% for you, you get me, you'll be all right, man. 
I'm I'm a, I'm not like that. I'm a five percent man. I'm a simple man. Um, <laughs> no, you took you touched on America and um, and obviously I've spoken to you after Ruiz won. What what was the the difference? Like, this is always a question I think no one's ever asked you. What was the difference in being in America for a prolonged period of time before that fight to a build up to a fight in let's say the UK? I think it was good for me. Yeah. to get away. This is what Elton was saying, isn't it? It's like for 40 years, he's been on the road. So <clears throat> London's small. England's small in compared to like, you know, metres or miles, kilometres mm -hmm. compared to the size of America or wherever. So um, I, I've been always like working in London, always worked in London. I won the Olympics here. I've won my belts here, etc. So to get away was actually really good and refreshing. Mm. So there wasn't that type of issue for me at all. We've got a great team. They set up a great training camp. So America was America was good to me. America was good to me in that sense. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to say there was an issue. I'm just trying to say what what was the new challenges faced. So you could you, you could use Saudi Arabia, for example. So you, you, you weren't there for Ruiz too. Like here, everything's set. You know, Finchley, you know, Sheffield, you know where you're going to stay, oh. you know how it is. None, no challenge, no. no, no challenges. Fruit was good, the exotic fruits were coming in. <laughs> the water was good, you know, honestly, honestly, because with boxing, you don't need much. Mm -hmm. um, from the experience I had from an amateur around traveling around the world, Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, and where else are we? Like, let's say you go to Cuba, you go to Russia, you go to France. I've been traveling, so mm -hmm. it was like an amateur. So for me, honestly, Troy, there was nothing I could say was 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 bad. It was really well organized. Oh, that's the oh, the media, the media, the media requirements are always heavy, if I'm honest. That's that's difficult. But I love to promote this sport. We need more eyes on boxes. So that's the only thing I'll say, the difficulty of going to new territory, mm -hmm. i.e. America, and now having to do a whole load of promotion to build up the American audience. Do you find there's a, um, a different way of talking? So obviously I remember your interview at Breakfast Club and <laughs> yeah. you get you get like, you get a Charlemagne, for example, who's very loud in your face. That's not you, do you get what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I think here in, in the UK, media, respe you're respected in media. They know how to approach you. Was that different as well in terms of how they come at you? Yeah, because I try and come at it from a point of view of, how can I make this conversation relevant for a Charlemagne? So I try and make it relevant for everyone to understand because I understand everyone's viewpoint is different. You put 10 people on a 100-meter track, we all run it, everyone's view of how we run that race is going to be different. Mm -hmm. um, so from the outside looking in, oh, they all run the same race, why did Usain Bolt win? But if you speak to each individual, you'll get to learn as why they run the race the way they do. So I try and make it relevant to everyone and Charlemagne, but he's just quite, um, I think he's, I know the answer to what I'm asking anyway. So no matter how relevant you try and make this to me, I'm not even trying to hear it. because <laughs> yeah, I Yeah. Provocative <laughs> really, isn't it? He's, he's doing yeah. it for numbers. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, exactly. But I think I think when you when you're in this space, and I can honestly say this now, obviously working with Talk Sport and the Sun and yeah. doing my own doing my own thing, there was a lot of pressure from upstairs to be controversial. Yeah, to be controversial. 
Do you know um, what I found interesting, Troy? So it's interrupt here. Yeah. Cool. Would it be different if the media supported more of our talent here rather than the controversial story sell? How about because I've seen certain things where athletes come home from a fight or a football match or whatever, and they're like, it's like the presidents just come home. Mm-hmm. I come home from Saudi, like. <laughs> Just you oh, and the, the lady at the bus stop. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, 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 you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Even though we don't look for it, but I'm like, I'm just asking for me because the media mm-hmm. makes us who we are. That's like, of like Speaking with you now is going to be great for me. It's going to be great for you. The Sun, write an article, great for me, great for them. How, how do we then change the narrative where positive media sells? Um, honestly, in my, this is just my opinion. I think it's a, it's twofold. So when we sell a good story, you're a great story, for example. Didn't know where he's going to be in life, whether it's a boxing, come on to be as successful as you have. That is good. But within every story, whether it be a book, whether it be a film, there's always yeah. a bad guy. Yeah. And you're waiting for the downfall, you're waiting for the bad thing to happen. And if, this, if a film you just watched all the way through was smooth sailing, it's like oh, it's boring. Of, it's boring. That's, yeah, but that's what I mean. So I think when you when you say that, they build you up because they're like the mistakes come in, and when it comes, bang, we need to jump on that. And I saw it, and I use I use someone that's neither of us. I saw it with Dillian White, for example. Oh, he's the next man. He's this. He's that. Povetkin hits him with that shot that yeah. would have took most people out. Oh, he's rubbish, man. It's crap. But for a fan's perspective. Yeah. It's always you, you're allowed to change your mind. Yeah, you're allowed yeah. to have a different opinion from a from a media perspective. Me, I like to think that with anything I say, is something that Troy says. So even though you're media, for instance, mm. let's say you're doing your podcast, if you said before this is, you're not doing it because of pressure. You're Mm-mm. doing it this is like I'm standing my ground, Dylan. If you rack Dylan, I'm, he's still a good fighter. I don't care yeah. that he got knocked out, and that's like your mm-hmm. media straight down the line your opinion you're allowed to change it but you're only allowed to change it if you can explain why you change it i don't think media yeah, do yeah, that yeah. i think they go aj's great he's the best in the world he lost to ruiz ah he's rubbish why right. just he lost right. he lost so that's that's part of the, the conversation of having um having my own podcast and owning it as well i yeah, think really We've spoken about this in private about, um, you know, black ownership. And I don't really yeah. want to go too much into race because it's, it's everywhere and it's becoming, it's becoming that, that topic that everyone wants to jump on and they're not actually getting to a point. But I do think that within the creative space, uh, especially with everything that's going on now, we own it. We can, we can have this conversation. I can speak with you. You know it's safe because you trust me and I trust you. And that's what I'm trying to build. 99%. That's that's enough for me, bro. I've, I've been in many situations where I've trusted someone ten percent. So I've come out of it. <laughs> and the last thing, because I do know you're a busy man, and you know I came after Apple today, which is a bit, bit harsh, <laughs> but I get it. It's fine. <laughs> I did try and put you first, you know. I did try and put you first. Apple was like, so it would it, it would be you know what it would be very remiss of us. You touched on it earlier to not talk about Re- what? what remiss. Remiss. You're not the only one who can read books, bro. Definition of remiss. 
Sorry, let me, let me, let me say that. It'd be very naive of me to have you on here and not talk about the fight that everyone's talking about without, without going into all of the ins and outs. How excited are you for that fight or the potential of that fight, should I say? It's such an interesting question, Craig. You've got one end of it, yeah? Like, it's a bad mind. Like, am I excited? I ain't excited. It is what it is. I'm on smoke. I ain't excited for nothing, bro. Like, I care about nothing. I'm ready to just walk through a brick wall. Like, nothing's getting in my way. There's that mindset that I have. And it's that's why I said there's the, the guy next door. And this is the mm -hmm. guy kicking off your front door. Mm -hmm. Are you excited to do a lick? Are you excited to make, bro, this is what I do. Mm hmm but then there's a, there's a guy next door that, mate, as happy as the fans are, is as, what an honour it is for me. What honour it is for the whole world to be in a position where I can fight for the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. History, great legacy and a fight. I know I can win. Listen, mm. it's not going to be easy, but it's a fight where I know I can win. I'm ready to go through whatever pain, torture, adversity I have to go through in order to, to win. And that's why I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm so blessed and happy and also I know how much I'll be able to give back once this is all done so once the fight's done and once um, the fight's announced how much we'll be able to give back to people as well so it's a real good opportunity for me well finally sorry finally this is finally you know what, I'm going to say it for you that's what I'm going to do I'm going to change it I'm going to say it for you I get pissed off right when I see Fury talking about ah I'm doing 18 pints and I'm not training. And I can physically see, physically with my own eyes, his cheekbones, he's chiseled, he's training. Like, how, how frustrating must that be in, in the development process of trying to get a deal done when someone's downplaying that they're not really interested, when we all know they are? Uh, it's psychological, it's just psychological warfare. Like, I've just, I've learned a lot with that as well. Like, people always talk about, as you said, like, a man will talk about drinking pints and he's not interested, but yet he wants to look chiseled. He's training the hardest he's ever trained. He's the skinniest he's ever been. He wants to have a good body. He wants to be well prepared. But AJ has a good body, chiseled and trains, and he's a bodybuilder. But yet mm. Tyson Fury will do the exact same thing as he, if he could. So it's like, these are just, it's all psychological warfare. What they call me is what they want to be. He wants to have a six pack. That's why he trains as hard as he's training right now. Why he looks so chiseled. Why he's in America training. Like, mm -hmm. So with, with what he says, it's just psychological warfare to make me not want to believe in myself. However, I understand what this is about. And everything that he says I am is everything he wants to be. <laughs> the reason why he's saying yeah, he's drinking 12 pints is because he knows he, he could never do that to fight me. He knows what type of fighter I am. Mm -hmm. Do you know where I'm coming from? If I yeah, told yeah, you, yeah, hundred percent, drinking twelve pints, I ain't worried about them. You know, I'm running twelve miles. Then you know more twelve miles mm -hmm. than I've already run before. You know, I'm not drinking twelve pints, but you know that's how serious this challenge is. You want to make it seem so small. That's how big you know this challenge is going to be. He knows. No, that's what I'm saying. That's why I say it's more of a frustration because I would prefer from a a sporting not yeah, interested like, in anyone. Yes, sir. Yeah, don't yes. don't sell it to everyone. Don't underplay it as it's not that. I would prefer from a sporting element of we are the two best around. We're both giving it what what exactly what it is. Yes, sir. We're trying our best. We're going to be the best. On the day, you're going to get the two peak versions of Tyson Fury and Andy Joshua. Yes. That's what I would like. 
That's what I promise. That's what I said to you earlier. Is I promise you, I'm honoured. I'm humbled. I know it's going to be tough, but I truly believe I'm tough enough to go through it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give Tyson Fury credit. I'm going to give myself credit and say, I know how good I am, and I know how well prepared I'll be, and I'm looking forward to the fight. And that's that's it. I don't need to talk about Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be little the man. He can do what he wants. You can research him as much as you want, but you're talking to me. I know I'm the man of this division and I will be for a long time. And that is just perfect. And listen, Trey, last thing, when I come into boxing, you know how I came through, yeah? And this is, I'm never, I don't really say this much, but like, <clears throat> I come through this game quick and I'm, and the only way I have, I had to learn is through mistakes. A lot of mistakes on the public stage as well. I didn't get to do my stuff behind the closed doors. Even I, Troy used to give me so much advice about life and what it takes to be an athlete. And I appreciate that a lot. People that don't know, Troy used to see me in Watford um, on the Market Street, getting my hair trimmed and where everyone would chill out on Market Street. And he just used to chat to me about life and stuff. And like, these guys have been fighting since they were 10 years old and stuff like that. And I came into this game to not take part, but to take over. And I just feel like I'm on a different wavelength when it comes and a different frequency when it comes to fighting because these guys, they didn't want to fight no one for many years. And I came into this division and I shook it up. I took risks time and time again. Wherever people say they're not big enough risks, well, I'm going for the biggest one yet and I will get there. And it's because I fast-tracked myself and that's why I just believe I win. I know I'm a winner and I know these guys can't compete with me. And I, it's then when they talk about 12 pints, when they talk about certain things, it's because they know they look at someone and they see the truth and they just don't like who they're not. 100 100 and take how you want to take it but i'm just backing myself. no 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 listen like, i i i love it i've been dedicated to this thing i've had fun with it i do have a smile on my face but i'm truly like when i look at it through covid like when i've had time to really think i thought man i've put in a lot of work over these years and i have to back myself now this is a time mm-hmm. for me to back myself and trust in my ability and you know what who the fuck can tell you can't you've earned exactly. it so um no honestly i appreciate all of that what we do on this podcast to end is because we know everything's free people giving their time yeah. uh, me and my me and my family would like to donate to a charity of your choice so if there's wow. a charity that you find then you tell us we'll give them a plug on this and we'll donate it's the aj bank account um <laughs> <we'll> donations <laughs> All I would say for people that are on podcast and won't see this, Troy has one little reef that's from range. The range is great. It's about four pound. AJ's got an 85 inch screen in the wall. It's got speakers in the wall built in. It's got a beautiful artwork. I've seen all sorts. It was from Amazon. It was four (laughs) pounds. I'll order you one, Troy. The lies are real, but no, genuinely, that's what we do on this. We give to we give that's to amazing. charity, and just because um, it's about controlling the, it's about controlling the narrative and giving people a free, safe platform to talk on, and also charity giving back. Um, sometimes it's, people don't know where to give back. Or, oh, mm. bro, I want to I want to start giving back. I want to start helping people. Charities is the best place to start giving back. So I want to do that with you, Watford, if you want, or Birmingham. I know it's your hometown. I'd love to do something with you. Bro, I really appreciate you. It's been wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you, T. 
And the charity that we've chosen on Anthony's behalf is New Hope, a charity devoted to preventing homelessness. Thank you to Anthony and to you for listening. Please follow, rate and review. And join us again soon. Produced by the podcast company, Fadini Media.